Hi, everyone. My name is Trika Wheeler, and I want to welcome you to the Professional DNA Podcast. I am here as your career mindset strategist and the founder and CEO of T. Wheeler Strategic Solutions, a professional development and consulting company. I am so passionate about leveraging strategy to advance in anything you do in life. It's my passion and my mission to help you strategically navigate your professional journey and help you to discover your professional DNA, your defined natural ability to succeed. I am here to help you discover your unique value and to shift those mindsets and design a strategy to help you advance in your career, make more money, and do so all while achieving work-life harmony. That's right, your career, your professional life, and your personal life coexisting and working harmoniously together. It's time for you to win, and I'm here to help you cross the finish line. Grab that notebook, grab that pen, and let's jump in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Professional DNA Podcast. I'm Tarika Wheeler, your career mindset strategist, and I'm super excited to be here with you again and excited for my guest this week because you're in for a treat, in for a treat. We are digging in to the important conversations that you really need to have with yourself as a professional as you're looking to advance in your career, take things to another level, and no better person to have this conversation with than Miss Tiana Luis. So let's give a round of applause uh, for Miss Tiana. Thank you so much for joining me. I would love um, for you to introduce yourself to our professional DNA audience. Let them know who you are, what you do, and then we have got a great conversation ahead. So I'll turn it over to you. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. I felt myself going, (laughs) cheering for myself. I'm a firm believer that we must celebrate uh, ourselves. So thank you for having me. My name is Tiana Louise. I'm a public speaking trainer. I'm an executive coach. I'm a mom. I'm also a certified life coach. And what I do in the world is I help smart, thoughtful professionals who are mission-driven. I really help them change the way that they think so that they can change the way that they speak. And that usually ends up with them being more authentic in how they communicate with the communities that they want to connect with, the audiences that they care about. Um, And I help professionals do this, whether or not they're wanting to do this in the boardroom, on stage, TV, And I'm really passionate about it um, because the other thing that I'm up to in life is working to transform companies into environments that people actually want to show up to, right? Where people can bring their whole selves to work and feel good about the work that they do. Mm, I love that. I love that. And, you know, in this day and age, you know, what we're seeing, you know, across the country and around the world they're really, you know, you hear about the great resignation. And I really, truly believe that we are in a employee market where employees are in a position where they are deciding what they will and will not tolerate and where they do and do not want to be. And companies are really in a position to change culture right now and to change the way they are supporting and engaging and compensating their their talent. And so I I love that that's the space that you're in um, and really, you know, getting into a place where you're looking to support and help companies go through that transformative change because it's so incredibly needed. So I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And you are a mom, a boss mom. Love that. You are doing all the things plus motherhood. Um, I definitely can relate to that. I've got three kiddos and Team Wheeler is full in the fact there's they're always busy. There's already so many, always so many things that are going on. Um, so I definitely understand the hustle and bustle of our day, um, plus showing up as as mom. So um, cheers there uh, to you from mama to mama. <laughs> definitely. And I and you know what? The hustle and bustle days for me are are dead. And I really think that's an old model that we're moving out of. And as soon as more companies and people running those companies really get their minds wrapped around that. I think we have a unique opportunity in our planet's history to be at the cause of something new, something transformational and something that works 
for everyone. So that's why I'm passionate about it. Um, I made changes to my life to that effect before there was a thing called the great resignation and it wasn't easy. So I'm not saying any of this is easy and I don't want to place blame on, you know, either side It's not companies. It's not employees. It's really, we're all in this together. And as an entrepreneur, that doesn't necessarily affect me because I'm not inside of a nine to five every day. But the reality is some people actually like their jobs. Some people like having a job. And so since that's where we spend the majority of our time, I know we love to say that we're at home with our kids and our families most of the time. But if you're anything like me, most of your time is spent hopefully doing work that you love. And so the environments and the people that you do that work with are so, so important. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm such a huge proponent for work-life harmony and work-life integration and stepping away from this idea that we have to balance it all and try to get 50% of ourselves here and 50% of ourselves there, but that we really need to be able to have our work and life coexist harmoniously and have that integrated piece so that we don't have that burnout. We don't have that overwhelm and having companies to support that thinking and kind of that different ideology of what work looks like is so important. And some companies get it and some companies do not. And I think that's where, um, you know, as you were working with leaders, um, you know, all across this country, as you talk about, you know, like, how do you, you know, you speak different, you think different, you lead different, um, which we're going to dig into today's conversation is just, it's just so critical. So I'm excited. Are you ready to dig in? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. So my question that I asked all of my guests, um, when they come on to the Professional DNA Podcast, is what is your professional DNA, your defined natural abilities to succeed? What are the things that like you just kick butt at naturally um, that you use to leverage in the work that you do? I'm a natural born communicator, no accident that I ended up in this profession. And that's really been built on a desire that I've had from the moment I was born Mm -hmm. to be free inside of my expression. Mm. With that has come a lot of growth, refining, Mm -hmm. and learning how to connect with other people in healthy ways. And I had to bump my head a lot uh, in many environments to to get on top of that. Yeah. So I would say the other building blocks of my professional DNA, so to speak, are vulnerability, authenticity, a lot of Mm self-confidence. And I don't really like that word because we have so many connotations that we, you know, place over that word. Mm -hmm. So I would say positive self-image by any means necessary. I love that reframe. I love that reframe. And especially as you ended that with, you know, by any means necessary. Um, I love that. So many times I think we get lost in our subconscious mind and like those limiting beliefs and that reel that we play in our head over and over again of telling us things that we can't do or we shouldn't do, or we, you know, we, we don't know how to do. And so I love that, you know, by any means necessary, um, is, is, is so important. That's powerful. I love that, Tiana. That's, that's really powerful. Um, I love that you also talked about like your, the communication piece, because I don't think people realize the power of communication, the power of being able to like articulate your feelings, articulate your thoughts, articulate your needs. That is powerful. And we don't always do it well. So I, I love that you identify that as a part of your professional DNA and that you recognize how well you you are able to execute on communication because that's not common. Sometimes folks think that they're great communicators and they really don't know how to communicate and reach and, and influence others. They kind of talk at instead of engaging in a way that's meaningful and people can understand you know, what it is they're trying to communicate. So I love that, that that's a part of your professional DNA. That's amazing. And I think it's a, an important conversation to have my title is public speaking coach. I tell people I'm really a communications coach. The skills that people gain from working with me, you can take to the boardroom and or the bedroom. Uh-huh. And effective 
communication, being a great speaker has nothing to do with how polished or smart or articulate Uh that you are. It actually has to do with how authentic and vulnerable you are and how much courage you have to step out on the skinny branch and say what you really believe, Mm -hmm. what's really going on for you in any given moment versus what you think you need to say and or what you've been told you should say. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times in in corporate environments, you know, I work with spokespeople, I work with folks at the C-suite level, and they have a whole team of people telling them what to say, how to say it, and all of that is fine, right? We definitely want to represent and share the company story. But inside of that, we're having a human being do this. So there is also a personal story that has to align with the company story in order for it to be shared authentically by that executive. Yeah. And a lot of people that I work with have conflict around that and don't feel comfortable saying, hey, you know what, Uh, actually what I think is and what I'd like to say is X, Y, Z, because maybe that's not politically correct. Maybe that's not something that they've ever done or said before. And so I really love working with executives who understand that that's going on for them and have a desire to find a way to build bridges. And that's the other thing that I always tell people when they ask me, you know, why have I dedicated my life and my career to, and I don't like to say, you know, teaching this, I'm very much learning it too every single day. Right. It's a practice, but it's because communication is the one thing as human beings that separates us from every other species on the planet, right? The way that we can connect, interpret, process, and communicate with one another is is amazing our words have so much power so much so that they can build up and or they can tear down and anyone who challenges me on that i say okay well think of any war think of any political scandal conflict that has occurred in our society and i guarantee you there's a lack of communication and or a breakdown in talks that led to that situation. Okay, let's take it one step further. Think of any relationship that went wrong in your life, any failed relationship, failed job, guarantee miscommunication, lack of communication, breakdown in communication was inside of it. And so our communication, the way that we approach it can build bridges with our audiences and our audience at any given time can be our boss, can be our team, can be our partner, our mate. Yeah. And it can also tear that relationship apart. Mm, Oh my gosh, Tiana, that's so much that you've unpacked because again, communication is at the heart of so much. And you just said, you know, whether it's in the boardroom, the bedroom, whether it's, you know, corporate relationships inside of a company or organization, or it's the relationship with your spouse. And when you think about those challenges, like you said, you know, so many of them are tied back to communication or lack thereof. So I- I, Or withholding thereof. Or withholding thereof, right. And I think, you know, you also hit on this fact, um, there's so many folks, especially the higher I think that you get, in your career and you start to get into C-suite and and really leading organizations, you know, how many times are professionals actually have talking points, right? Or someone's writing a speech for them or writing remarks for them. And I can tell you, I can always key in. I'm a communications professional myself, um, organizational communication in particular. And in writing, you know, talking points for someone in remarks, I've always been in a position to say, make it your own, right? Mm. I'm giving you the bones right? I may be giving you the data and the metrics that you need to infuse, but it has to be authentic and it has to be something that you can really stand behind and tell the story and drive a narrative so that your individuals that you're trying to reach, the audience that you're trying to reach actually can connect with you. And what you're saying is relatable and it's not so robotic that Yes, you are communicating, but is your communication effective? Is it actually doing what you need it to do? Because 
you're not necessarily maybe delivering in a way or you're saying things that don't actually align with who you are or where you are, you know, in that particular season that you're in. So I, I love that you touch on that because we have to be bold enough to stand up and speak up for, you know, being ourselves and showing up authentic and, you know, in the workplace showing up authentic for those who are, you know, entrepreneurs and they're in their businesses and really ensuring that you are communicating the brand, you're communicating the messages that are true to yourself. So I, I love that, Tiana. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I think it plays into, you know, I was reading your bio on your website, which I love. And guys, look at your show notes. If um, love is the key word today. Love. Yes. It's the key word today. So I, I really do love your your bio and I love your website and so if you guys have not checked that out be sure that you do all the information is right there um, in the notes but I was reading it and it talked about your uh, kind of passion for transformation and things like you you know transformation and personal development and those are things that you are really passionate about and so I wanted to kind of know why like, why are those the things that you're drawn to? Because I was like, ooh, like we could be drawn to and passionate about so many things. I was like, personal development? Yep, that's on my list. Transformation? Ooh, bing, that's on my list. Tell me what your connection is there and why you're so passionate about those. Wow, and I could talk about transformation all day, every day. So thank you for that question. <laughs> yeah. I believe everybody deserves transformation. It's a gift that was given to me early on in life, actually it's something I discovered, but I feel like it was one of those divine gifts where the angels or whoever is watching over me said, you know what, here you go. And it's been one of those gifts that keeps on giving in the sense that I faced a lot of challenges in my life. If you've read my bio, I'm very candid about things that I've gone through, grew through, and had to overcome, you know, I'm, I'm the queen of reinvention, meaning I've fallen down many times and always had the courage to not only get back up, but really keep it moving and excel. And a, a lot of people have always wondered how that is. Well, I say, you know, I have a deep sense of self, And I have a a deep love of self, AKA a positive Mm self-image. And not only do I have a deep sense of self, I have deep insight into myself. Like I'm not afraid to look in the mirror, whether it looks good and or not. And transformation, personal development have offered me tools on top of tools on top of tools to stay inside of that practice and continuous process of overcoming myself. And it's the most beautiful thing on the planet. It just so happens to, you know, lead to a lot of success and great results and things like that. But it's allowed me to have the relationships that I want to have, have the life, the job, the career that I want to have, interact with people who I knew like changes needed to occur inside of our dynamic without having to cancel them or cut them off. It's allowed me to break through barriers and, you know, my differences with other people who I thought were different than me for whatever the reason. And so that's why it's something that I'm so passionate about because it's the only thing I've seen on earth that, (laughs) that, It just, it takes away everything that would have me believe that you are somehow separate than me. Mm. Okay, Mm. Um, It's the only thing that has allowed me to continuously expand my consciousness and how I condition it. Okay. Um, And our consciousness is something that we want to pay a lot of attention to. I think in our society, it's easy to get caught up on the doing, 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 and personal development and transformation has you shift that external focus internally into your being, who are you being? And as a result of who you're being, what are you creating? And I was just telling one of my mentees yesterday, those two things will never be a mismatch. If you were creating something that you don't like or, or you didn't want to create, 
All you have to do is go back and look at who you were authentically being, not who you were telling yourself you were being, not who you say you were being, but inside the place that only you have access to, who do you know yourself to be being? And how did that translate into those results? And whenever I ask that question, it's never a mismatch. So that's why I'm you know, passionate about it. I feel like personal development and transformation are the gym that we go to, to continuously exercise and build up our consciousness muscles. And that's really the only thing that we ever need to be concerned about in life. You hit something that's so important, which I, I hope everybody is getting this. First of all, Tiana's dropping all types of gems, guys. So you know the deal. If you don't have your notebook, and if you're new to professional DNA, this is where you pull the notebook out, you press pause, and then you come back and you sit down and you catch this because the shift from doing to being is amazing. Like being able to make that conscious, decisive decision to shift out of just doing all the time and actually to be reflective and focus on who you are inside and focus on your being is amazing. That's where we really shift from just existing to really thinking about the impact that we are making you know, in this world, the impact that you're making in the lives of others. And especially when you're in places of leadership, you know, being a, a, a good and strong leader, it, it sets people up in a way that they have a desire to follow you. But in that desire to follow you, you wanna be sure that you are leaving a lasting, long, positive impact. Mm -hmm. And that's, you have to shift your thinking from just doing, 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 and getting things done to being conscious about being and who you actually are and how you are impacting others. So whoop, Tiana, I love that because we got to get that. We got to understand like the things that we do are bigger than us, especially as you begin to ascend in different levels in your career. Um, what we're doing oftentimes has such a wider impact than what we think about, right? It's not just one or two people, it's companies, it's cities, it's states, it's countries. When you are in a place of leadership and when you can shift your thinking from just doing to being, that, that's, that's transformative itself. So and I, that's, I love that. That's actually the big aha moment, the big surprise that many of my clients have when they come in because they want the tips, tools, strategies, show me how to use my hands, show me how to use my voice. How do I deflect this question? And, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I definitely have frameworks and strategies for that because mm -hmm. I understand not everyone is as natural of a communicator like you and I, right? I think you and I can agree. We like to talk. We, we could do this all day. All day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's not everybody and that's okay. Yeah. But I always say before I give you the thing, the tips, tools, and strategies, AKA the doing piece, let's focus on the being. And to bring it home, I'll share an example of a client of mine. He's the CEO of a company that if I said the name of it, pretty much everybody on the planet would know who they are. Mm -hmm. And when he came to me, I mean, this guy is brilliant. He's smart. He's actually quite personable. But that does not come through when he's on the CNNs and the MSNBC. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. What comes through is buttoned up, uh -huh. stiff, uh -huh. very prepared, probably over-prepared, you know, smart, clinical, analytical executive. Uh -huh. And I said, you know, in some settings, depending on what you're talking about, that's okay. But I know what you're up to in terms of trying to transform the brand uh -huh. and tell another story and get people to not only see, but feel the vision and want to come with you. And so, you know, studying this guy, he can get a, you know, three pages of talking points and memorize them overnight. So I'm like, that's great. You, you do studying, you do that right. well. Right. Okay? I, I've seen all your degrees, no surprise. <laughs> But the one question that would trip him up is the, you know, tell us how you grew up. Tell us a little bit about you. Tell, like, tell the story of you. Uh -huh. And he would say, oh, Tiana, I hate that question. It's the softball questions. 
that I get that I just, I don't even know what to say. And I'm like, yeah, because it would actually mean going like leaning back. Yeah. Becoming a little nostalgic and sharing yourself in a way that just for whatever the reason doesn't feel comfortable. So who he was being inside of his interviews was uptight, uh-huh. overprepared, inauthentic high energy but it felt almost like anxiety because he just wanted to get it all out Uh uh and who I needed him to be was warm genuine authentic everything he was when the cameras turned off and he stepped in session with me yeah I wow that's that's powerful because you're touching on the space of like relatability and being able to relate and connect with individuals. Like you could be smart as all get out. You can pull the numbers off and, you know, talk the talk as people say it. But, you know, you ask that question, that humanistic piece has to be there too. And you have to be able to relate and connect with people, right? I especially, um, I just think about like clients that I work with that are in sales and marketing. I'm like, you're telling a story, but people, you know, and, and not taking this the wrong way, but like people buy people, like they, they want to relate and connect with you. And if I can't envision myself working with you and having a, a, an actual working relationship, that's the differentiation between me choosing company A or choosing company B, yeah. right? Because I can see you're both very skilled and you have an incredible portfolio, but I can really see myself building a relationship and connecting here and I can't really see that over here. So I love that you touch on that. And um, it really, really goes into kind of our next uh, piece that I, wanna, I don't want to dig into because really in this episode, I need professionals to understand, to look inside. And you've touched on this a little bit as we're talking about being, right, mm-hmm. versus doing mm-hmm. and being um, authentic, really being able to tell your story and connect with others. I think we've touched on that a bit. I you actually used to work as, I think, a reporter at some point. Yeah. Um, is that right? And so- Yeah, I was a news reporter. A news reporter. Uh-huh. And that, that's got to be a different journey from kind of where you are now, but I can also see how it's very helpful and inform some of the things that you're doing now as well because of that like inept ability to like research and dig in. Can you talk a little bit about your journey as a reporter and how that helps you connect with those, you know, your clients and those that you're working with to help them in their kind of communications uh, space. Yeah. So I was a news reporter for a long time. I started behind the scenes as a producer. I did that for five years for uh, radio. And then I moved into television news reporting and then went back to radio news reporting. Uh I did that for 15 plus years and I traveled the country doing that. I reported on, you know, I I was in San Francisco. So, you know, it's the, one of the top markets. It's where a lot of things happen at every level. So I had the opportunity to report on crime, politics, health, tech, you know, everything under the sun and became an, an expert about a little bit of everything. Like there's not much that I don't know, at least something a little bit, (laughs) a little bit, right. And it also gave me the opportunity to connect and communicate with people at all levels Uh of society from every community, background, ethnicity, gender, class, Uh you know, all of that. And there were a few common threads in there that I started to notice. Uh Something about when people are given a platform and a camera or microphone is put in their face. There, there weren't too many folks who I didn't notice two things, either some sort of resistance. Hmm. Yeah. And, or, uh, an eagerness. Uh Uh Um, and inside of those was, you know, levels of inauthenticity. Uh I also noticed a very strong desire for people just to be seen and heard. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then as someone who is from Oakland, California, born and raised, going inside of police stations, government institutions, you know, court systems, Uh 
reporting on the earliest Black Lives Matter movements, Occupy Oakland, numerous police shootings, things like that. Mm-hmm. Seeing the discord between two communities that I was very much a part of, right? My Oakland, California community that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And then this professional community that didn't have many people who looked like me yeah. and came from where I came from. Mm-hmm. And it was a unique position to be in because what I discovered is number one, we're not that different, right? And that's kind of cliche, but it's it's just true. And it's 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 a unique experience to see it every single day and at the same time be reporting on things that are so devastating to our society every day. And it's like, ah, it's so senseless, right? Right, right. Um, but what I noticed is there were so many opportunities for us to actually come together and make connections that were oftentimes mm-hmm. missed because of how each side would communicate. Remember I told you yeah. resistance, fear, or some sort of real eagerness to, you know, share whatever is going to be shared either way. Mm-hmm. It was like the, the, the real messages from both sides kept getting lost. Mm-hmm. And I became really passionate about figuring out what I could do to contribute to that process and mm-hmm. make that process smoother. Yeah. Easier and more comfortable for both sides, because the reality is neither are going away. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, so how do we, how do we really shift this? If we, yeah. if we really are about change, how do we start communicating in a way that actually leads to change? Because if I wake up another year celebrating the first, this, the first, that, I don't know what I might do. Yeah. If I wake up another day, still talking about, you know, people being killed who look like me. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm done with those conversations. Um, for yeah. me, I'm like, obviously what we're doing is not working. Uh-huh. And so I spent a lot of time, you know, figuring that out. And at the same time, doing a lot of transformation work um, in my own life. And then went on to, you know, start a coaching business on the side that was very much um, about transformation. Uh-huh. And it was, when I realized, you know, in 2016, that bringing this kind of work was actually how I wanted to shift mm. from, from telling other people's stories to telling my own, which I did. And then that led to me helping, you know, people in positions of power yeah. tell new stories, mm-hmm. tell real stories. Mm-hmm. And share themselves in a way that, you know, can break the illusion that, you know, I've yet to meet a monster. That's what I'll say. <laughs> I've yet to meet, you know, and, and we and we and sometimes but the way that, you know, we receive the communication that could live as a very real perception. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I've yet to meet I've yet to meet a monster. But what I have met are people who are, you know, fearful. Um, and um, either unwilling or don't understand the impact uh, that they could have by, you know, making a slight shift to really just keep it real, be authentic. And, and so that was that was my journey. That's the unique perspective that I bring, having been on both sides of the aisle um, and just seeing a lot of missed opportunities for the companies that serve our communities to not only do better, but but t- like not just talk the talk, but walk the walk and like make sure both are happening at the same time. I think both are important. Yeah. You know what, Tiana? I think that individuals who are in places of leadership, or as you said, like places of power, need to connect with this message that you're sharing because they absolutely have the ability to drive a narrative and drive a story. And that's, you know, there's some, there's a little bit of privilege that comes with leadership, right? And there's, For a, sure. and there's a bit of privilege that comes with power and it's how you utilize and leverage that privilege for the good. And I think you hit on it where you said, you know, we can change the narrative. Like, I don't want to wake up to another 
this, right? Like just one more area. And there's, there's so many layers that I believe as people who are in places of leadership, if they change the narrative, change cultures through their voice and through their actions can make an incredible difference. And, you know, you, you talk a lot about, again, like kind of looking inside so that, you know, when you're working with your clients, it's, you know, how do you, how do you lead better? How do you speak better? You know, how do you actually shift and transform? And I want to dig into that because that's not an easy no. thing. That's not an easy no. task. That type of transformation doesn't happen with a light switch. That type of transformation doesn't happen with a discovery call. Like that, that is a lot of deep work that takes place and it takes confidence. I can imagine um, it takes a great amount of dedication and discipline and being willing to be open. So talk with us a little bit about the conversations that as high achievement professionals, and especially those that are in roles of leadership, right? Or as you've noted, like those who are in, in powerful, influential positions. Talk with me a little bit about the conversations that they need to have within, because I'm a huge proponent of self-leadership. You got to be able to lead yourself before you can lead others. But what are some of those conversations that need to happen at the individual internal level and before you start you know, making that transformation that people can see and hear externally? What's some of the work that you make sure that you do with your clients so that they can work from the inside out? Yep. Um, and before I jump into that, I also want to say I'm clear that there are, you know, quote unquote, people who are not invested in this work. Yeah. And so when I say I've yet to meet monsters, I'm not saying there aren't bad people in the world who just have bad intentions. Mm -hmm. But those aren't the people that I choose to work with, right? Yeah. And oftentimes not speaking out. Like most people, when they're seeking this level of support and coaching, they're coming from a place of either they know that they need to change or someone has told them yeah. that they need to change, right? Like I can think of a lot of executive level coaches who are put in positions and they say, I'm sending someone to you. <laughs> you know, this, this person is incredibly valuable to our organization, but they need some executive level coaching and I'm sending them to you. So I, I definitely hear what you're saying there. It's like, yeah. those who you're working with, those who seek you out and those who you accept, because I'm sure you don't work with everybody. So those who you accept to actually engage and work with you, that's not the monster there, but there's a transformation that needs to happen and they're willing to trust you to go through that process. But what are the types of things you work on for them to, to think about internally, the conversations they need to have with self before they can start to have that external impact? Well, that that's actually just it because most executives don't come to me saying, hey, what's the conversation I need to be having with myself? <laughs> They're totally like, okay, how do I, how should I be saying this to my board? How should I, you know, when I go on this interview, how should I be talking about our earnings and, you know, things like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter what level of executive I'm working with. I always start with the conversation that you are having with yourself first, mm -hmm. because that conversation influences and impacts and actually drives everything. Uh -huh. But before we even can dig into that, I offer and invite my clients into letting go of this thing called self, right? And by that, I mean, you know, we all have this idea of who we are, who we uh -huh. believe ourselves to be, who we think we're supposed to be or become. And I invite my clients into the journey of becoming no one. Mm. Some people call this, you know, having a beginner's mind. Um, I call it not being attached to any unconscious programming that you may have running in the background or fear or resistance that, you know, you may have around anything. And that's actually one of the ways you can recognize it because leading other people is always a constant unfolding path. Hmm. You can't predict it. You don't always know what's coming. And so to be inside of that and to truly call yourself a leader and to be responsible for leading other people and having an impact on people, hmm. you have to be willing to shape shift. You have to be willing to stretch, expand, maybe even contract 
change yeah. directions, be open to new ideas, new viewpoints, new ways of being uh-huh. that may not be consistent with this thing you call me. Yeah. And that is a whole process. It can be an uncomfortable process, this idea of becoming no one. But what I mean by that is, for instance, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and they were sharing with me how, you know, whenever someone says the word you're crazy, Mm -hmm. it just, it triggers them. It just gets them all upset. But really what happens is what they weren't saying, they shut down. The listening Mm -hmm. shuts down. They go into automatic, you know, I'm going to be the boss mode. Right. Uh And there's no space for listening, for understanding, for connecting. Uh And so I invited them to not change anything, but to consider who they might be and what might be different for them Uh if they didn't have the current interpretation of that word that they currently hold. Mm, uh uh But in order to even consider that, particularly in the heat of the moment, you would have to not be tied to who it is you believe yourself to be, which then leads me into the other thing that I invite my clients to explore, which is becoming not the thinker of your thoughts, but the observer of them. Mm-hmm. we're so in love with our, with our thinking. Yeah. Right. And we pride ourselves as leaders, as people who are accomplished, educated, and successful as being able to not only think, but think well. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, you know, anyone who comes to me with that, I always ask them, well, where do your thoughts come from? Did you create them? <laughs> so That's if you knock people off of their like, wait, what? <laughs> Oh, you'd be surprised. Oh, people have answers. Oh, the, you know, my best thinkers, they, they have to have an answer. Oh, it, it comes from my past. It comes. From, and so then my question is, okay, what comes from your past and your memories? Well, are you okay with your past driving your life? Mm. Yeah. Mm. The, the reality is we don't know where they come from. We haven't cracked that nut yet. We have some ideas, but we don't definitively know yet. We're willing to 100% trust pretty much anything and everything that goes through about the 60,000 thoughts that we have on any given day. Uh And I invite my clients to become the observer, sifter and sorter and intentional chooser Uh of thoughts. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I, you know, I, you said that question, I was asking myself that, like, hmm, where do my thoughts come from? And I immediately like started to answer the question, right? In my mind. And then I'm hearing you say that. I'm like, well, actually, you know, I don't know. Like we don't really know the genesis of our thoughts, but I, 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 I could see, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking what you're saying and I'm internalizing it. And I'm thinking about, you know, the teams that I lead and the, and the work that I do um, outside of my client work. And mm-hmm letting go of self, like de-identifying is such an incredible way to think about how to tap in and to really lead within. And, you know, this episode is all about that, like how to really lead from a place from within and to let go of self seems like when you hear it, it seems like the odd thing to do like wait a minute what do you mean like that's who I am that's I've worked all you know I can hear imagine people saying I've worked 20 years to get to where I am today what do you mean let go of self right but to be able to do that I can definitely see how it puts you in a position to respond and transform instead of to react and we're such reactive creatures <laughs> you know we're, we're, we're almost wired to react to the things that happen to us instead of, you know, consciously making a decision to respond and respond in a way that allows us to change and transform or to work in the midst of change. Like you just said, you like, you've got to be agile. You got to pivot. Sometimes you got to shift. You got to move, you got to move quickly. You got to make quick decisions. And as we become in places of leadership and, and, and have this, this power and the privilege, the privilege of leading others to, to de-identify I, ooh, I could, like, how much time does that take, Tiana? Like, <laughs> my goodness, like that is, that seems like such an in-depth process 
especially for leaders, leaders of companies and, and the caliber of leaders that you work with, that's got to take a significant amount of time to tap into and to be willing to let go of self and how we kind of identify self. Well, it takes, it's, it's, it's a lifetime's work mm-hmm. is what it is. And I find it to be particularly useful in times of conflict and stress or mm-hmm. in times that you are uncomfortable and resisting anything. Yeah. And for my executives, a lot of the times that comes up when they have to deal with who they consider to be the enemy often, <laughs> right? And that's the media. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm constantly inviting them to be in a, a conversation around, you know, well, well, who would you be if you weren't this person who doesn't like doing interviews? Yeah. Well, well, I probably would be more of a team player for my company. My company probably would have more of a, you know, visible uh, footprint. And yeah, you would be all of these wonderful things, but you can't be those things as long as you're this person, right? Uh, I'll use a personal example. My daughter loves going to the park. (laughs) I like going to the park, but we like doing different things at the park. I like <laughs> blankets, some snacks, books, little music. She likes the slides and the jungle gym and the monkey bars. And some days I'm up for it and some days I'm not. Mm-hmm. If you were to ask me, like I tell other moms, like, yeah, I'm not really that mom that goes to the park. I'm more like the zoo or the museum, <laughs> but not really the park. Mm-hmm. But I can't be that with her. Yeah. That does not work for our relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, does it mean that, you know, I, you know, we, we have discussions about it. I'm authentic about it. She's aware of it and we have compromises, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. But we couldn't do that if I were so hell bent on just being that mom yeah. who doesn't like the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a simplified way of looking at it. And so when you ask me like, how long does it take? Actually, it takes a couple seconds mm-hmm. You just check in and ask yourself empowering questions versus disempowering. Okay. What's really going on for me here? Yeah. Why am I responding like this? Mm-hmm. What is it that I'm really uncomfortable with right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Get real with yourself. Right. And that's yeah. Internal yeah. to say yeah. what's really going on. Yeah. 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 And it's funny to me how many times I get asked that question. Whoa, it sounds like a lot of work. How long does this take? And I say, well, how long has it taken you to install all of the programming and beliefs and <laughs> unconscious reactions and patterns and thought forms that you have right now. Right. Oh, it's, 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 it's taking you all this time from the day you were born. Okay, well, yeah, talk to me in another 25 years. <laughs> right, but I think to your point, it's constant, right? Like once yeah. you make that commitment to see that type of transformation, there's a constant working at it, right? It's like you make the decision, you tap in, but it's ongoing, which um, makes so much sense. Makes so much sense. Well, oh my gosh. So Tiana, I, I tell you, and, and like you said, we're communicators. We could do this all day and have this conversation all day. Um, I want to I do a couple of things. One, I'd love to hear from you on what you feel uh, leaders can do to really make a shift and kind of share with us perhaps even an experience that you've had as a leader that drove like, you know what? I need to shift. I need to tap in. I need to check in with my, you know, inner Tiana needs to talk to Tiana and I need to have an inner conversation, right? An internal conversation with myself. Um, what are some of those maybe experiences or a, an experience that you can share with us that was like the sign that you need to make the shift? Because I've got listeners of all different types of um, backgrounds and different social economic groups. I have those that are, you know, beginning in their career, but all the way up to C-suite and, a lot of times folks don't know what the trigger is. It's like, where's the, the sign that I need to transform? Where's the sign that I need to do something different? So I'd love for you to maybe share an experience with us that was like, this was a time that I knew that I needed to make a shift and make a transformation. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the body is an emotional filter, meaning anything that's showing up in it is always a very accurate indicator of what's going on in your life. I firmly believe that. And for me, I knew I had to make a shift when every single day I was coming home from work with my stomach in knots, 
I started having inexplicable stomach pain. I started having inexplicable fainting spells and Uh I just didn't feel good. I mean, literally I have four beautiful children Uh and all I wanted to do every day was go home, turn off, lay in the bed, turn off the light, go to sleep. And then I would wake up with the same exact thought and feeling every single day. Now, if you would have asked me at that time, what was going on, I would have said something like, you know, I I just, I'm in a toxic work environment. These people are negative. They're discriminative. They're, they're, they're racist. They're, they're whatever. Mm -hmm. And were those things true? Yes. But what I was pretending not to know Uh is that actually that environment that I was trying to fit myself into Uh really was not a fit for me. It was not in alignment with who I am, my values, what I stand for, you know, uh, the kind of lifestyle that I want to lead. And I had to be honest with myself that I was trying to force myself into it because that's that's what I had been trained to believe is is what you do. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, I had maybe one entrepreneur. I have one entrepreneur in my family, my aunt. She was a very successful um, multimillionaire a business owner. But that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, people in my family had good jobs. They got educations and they had good jobs. Mm-hmm. Those were the two lanes. Yeah. And um, doing something different meant looking crazy to some of those people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and tearing down structures of support that I had come to depend on, AKA my income. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, when I knew that I had to do something different is when it came down to my health and well being, mm-hmm. and who I was being yeah. and becoming to my children. Uh-huh taking the leap into the unknown. Uh 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 And so my advice is to always, and I don't even like to say advice because I'm not here to advise anyone of anything, but I invite every person on the planet, no matter what it is you're facing or going through, and we all have something, right? Face your fear. But don't just face it, like look into it, study it, get to know it, get real familiar with it. I train my clients to become friends with your inner critic because actually it's not there to hurt you. The pain is to get your attention, but it's really not there to hurt you. It's there to teach you something, to lead you to something because something is trying to unfold. But as professionals, particularly those who believe that our livelihoods are tied into these jobs and corporate structures and that without them, we might perish. That can be a process that is just, you know, too scary sometimes to look at. And so, you know, for, 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 for some people who don't have that issue, you know, just with my, with my executives, I I'm like, well, what's the worst that can happen? That's another game. I love to play with myself. Okay. So then what, then what, what? Oh, I'm going to lose my job. Then what, then I have no money. Then what? Right. Uh So like play these kinds of games with yourself. Long story short, you should be your most interesting, fascinating subject. I spend all day, every day studying myself, noticing myself, being aware of myself so that I can move through worry, doubt, and fear. Those are the three common themes that can be, that we can trace all of our problems with ourselves and with other people. We can trace them back to those three things, worry, doubt, fear, and worry and doubt are just forms of fear. Yeah. I, you talked about, you know, confronting your, your, your fear and literally becoming like friends with your inner critic. And as crazy as that may sound, I, I get it. 
I get it because you know how people say, you know, keep your, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. It, mm-hmm. it kind of aligns with that thinking and you got to study and be observant of the very thing, which oftentimes is, you know, it's us against us that is impacting our ability to grow, that's impacting our ability to succeed, that's impacting our ability to, you know, get to another level. And like you said, it's, it's worry, it's doubt and it's fear. What if, yeah. I don't know, should I, you know, so, what, are, what are they going to say? So I, I mm, that's good stuff. Cause it's, that's, those are the hard conversations to have, yeah, to have, right. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the look in the mirror that is, um, difficult to do and especially yes as a, a professional for sure right so this is applicable to everyone but especially when you're in places of leadership mm. because then there's the pressure to be this thing that we have made up in our minds that only really lives in our minds mm-hmm. um and i tell people all the time well you know what do you think a leader is my yeah. definition of a leader is anyone who has the potential to impact or influence another human being at any given time. And so if you are interacting with a human being on a day-to-day basis, then you're a leader. And I think it's safe to say before COVID, many of us were interacting with human beings on a daily basis. Yes. Yes. So we're all leaders and, 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 and leadership only ever has to do with the impact and influence that you are having at any given time on the environment around you. And so once you're clear with what your intentions are and what ways of being you're gonna bring to the table, commit to being no matter what shows up so you can create those results that you want to have, then everything's okay. And the work is staying committed to those ways of being no matter what shows up. So for instance, I have a contract on my life. I call it a contract that I live into each and every day. And I remind myself to live into it no matter where I am. Uh And it is, I am a connected, loving, and trusting leader. Mm. Yeah. Because when I feel attacked, when I feel wronged, when I feel tired or overwhelmed, it's real easy for me to become disconnected. It's really easy for me to become unloving, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. unforgiving. Our natural defense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when those two things come into play, I'm definitely not trusting. For sure. And who I become when I'm not loving, when I'm not trusting, and when I am not, not pretty. connected, <laughs> it's not good. Not good. It's not good. It's not good. Yeah. But like you said, you know, we have to be the observer of self and for you to even tap into that and to know like what that looks like, what that feels like, what others will experience when you are in that space is an amazing thing. And that's an amazing place to be in because you can stop, pause, pivot. You can reframe, right? You can, you can quickly change a narrative in a conversation, but when you're not, you don't have that sense of self-awareness, let's call it. You don't have that sense of self-awareness. You're not able to do that. And as leaders, you have to be able to do that. You have to have a strong sense of self-awareness so you can make those strong pivots when needed. Yeah, because that's what actually drives outcomes. Yeah, yeah, that's so important. And, you know, we say listening is the most important part of communication, but you got to start listening to yourself because once you listen to yourself and you get clear, you make those pivots, then you've reframed your listening of other people. You've reframed your ability to listen to other people. So, yeah. Yeah. so that's it's super, super, super important. It's super critical. It's something I invite every person who considers themselves to be a leader to 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 jump into that process I love it I love it I love it I love it Tiana oh my goodness we could talk leadership like this could be a three-part series and we could talk about this all day I just I love your insight and your perspective and how you are very much in tune with what needs to happen at the individual level in order to have the larger impact at an organizational level or a group level and that it's just the epitome of what effective leadership really looks like, like to be able to have that type of perspective. So I don't even work with you directly, but just appreciate 
your approach to how you work with others. And, you know, if you're listening and you are in a space where you feel like you might need that executive level coaching and you like the things that you're hearing from Tiana, I'm going to encourage you to visit her website, uh, check in, tap in, see what type of support and services that are there, because this type of transformation, especially as you're looking to advance and higher levels of leadership is so needed. These types of internal conversations need to be had. And a lot of times it's not something we can do alone. But a lot of times we need a strategist or a coach and a partner in that journey to really ensure that we are hitting the mark and taking you know, our careers, taking honestly our lives to another level, especially through this lens of leadership and communication. So oh, I just, I love it. I love it. I love it. Tiana, what's next for you? Like you have so many things going on. What's next for you? What's on the horizon? So you just hit on the question that I'm like, eh, people ask me this all the time. And um, I haven't answered that. I mean, maybe other people have, but so I don't really spend much time thinking about uh, the past and the future. Um, that's the work for me, right? When I do think about the past, it's really just to extract uh-huh. lessons. And when I think about the future, it's just, you know, applying the wisdom of those lessons. Sure. Um, I definitely always know where I'm headed. Um, I'm on a mission to touch, move, and inspire more than 2 million professionals, mostly women. Yes, yes, yes. Love it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I encourage my clients, and I'm always in the conversation with myself to stay focused on being my best self here and now right? A lot of the times we have things that we want, things that we're moving toward. And I, just like everyone, have a vision of the future, Mm -hmm. but I actually live out that vision day to day, moment to moment now. So what's next for me is being (laughs) the best version of me right now. Yes, 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 yes. Being present present (sighs) in this moment and executing in this moment. And let me tell you something, all of the challenges of that, because let's just say, you know, your vision of the future is to be the next president of your company. Uh Well, you got to you got to be that president today. And and you're just the, you know, mid-level manager doing all the grunt work maybe right now. Uh So how do you overcome the challenge of the disconnect between who it is you are working to become Uh and being who you are now, right? Dealing with the circumstances that you're in now. How do you blend those? And that's not always, that's not always easy. So that's the work. Yeah, not at all. I, I talk to my when I when I when I talk to my clients about advancement, it's like you need to see yourself and start operating. If your manager trying to go to director, you're already operating as director. Your director trying to go to VP, we're operating as VP. So I, I definitely get that. And that makes an incredible amount of sense. So how can my audience connect with you? What's the best way to stay engaged and connected with Tiana? Oh, yay. So I am on all platforms. I'm on Facebook. You can find me Tiana Louise, Instagram and Twitter, Tiana underscore Louise. I'm flirting with TikTok, having some fun there, Tiana Louise. Um, And then you can go to my website and find out all about me and the coaching services and speaker training programs that I offer. And that is tianalouise.com. I love emails. Send me an email. I'm just, I'm actually just kidding. I have enough emails, but I'll give it anyway. It's, uh, it's hello at tianalouise.com. I know some of you out there either think you know or are going, how do I spell that? And it is Tiana like Rihanna. So T-I-H-A-N-N-A, louise.com. Love it. Love it. And guys, check out the the actual uh, podcast notes and we'll have all this information for how you can stay connected and engaged with Tiana. Um, Checking out our website all across the platform. If if something today was relatable to you, connected with you um, and you got value, which I know you did because Tiana was dropping gems the entire time. Please be sure that you are connecting with her. Tiana, what's the lasting word that you want to leave with us um, on Professional DNA Podcast today? Anything you're facing that you might call a problem, 
is this thing called fear. And my mom used to always say, fear is the cheapest room in the house. And I always think about it from this viewpoint. It takes just as much energy to entertain faith as it does fear. You can't see either of them. And so why not instead just choose to turn your attention to best possible case scenarios versus worst possible case scenarios? And so that's what I would say as you go about your day-to-day life, living, working, being, and as things come up, am I choosing faith? Or am I choosing fear in this moment? And for me, faith has nothing to do with religion or spirituality, even though I am very much a spiritual person. To me, faith is the confidence and belief that you have in yourself. Uh And so why wouldn't you choose you? Uh Yes, yes, yes. Choose you. Choose you. Oh my goodness. I, I thank you so much for your passion, Mm. your authenticity, um, your obedience to clearly this calling that you have um, over your life and the things that you are doing. Uh, It's just amazing. And I appreciate this conversation today. Um, You you, you got me thinking about some things and you you tapped Mm -hmm. on some things for me um, and where I am in my professional journey. And I I really appreciate you. It is always a pleasure to have like-minded, like-spirited individuals, especially women and women that look like you and I to have these types of conversations. And so I appreciate you and I thank you. Um, And anytime, anytime you want to come and have a conversation with us on Professional DNA Podcast, I'd love to do it. I, I'm, I, I can only imagine the things, as you say, you know, you focus in your present and where you are. I can only imagine the greatness of things that are in the future. And we'd love to support you in any way that we can. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Tiana Louise, for joining us today. My achievers, you guys know how I feel about you. You have everything inside of you to be your best and unique self. And what is that? Your professional DNA, your defined natural abilities to succeed. Have an amazing week. And until next time, bye. Peace.